Mm-hmm. I don't put prayer first. Mm-hmm. And that's, and people wonder why. Mm-hmm. The reality of it is, is until you begin the journey of introspection and really realize that you have an issue, mm-hmm. you're, you're not in a position where you've invited, you may, maybe you pray and maybe you have a, a relationship with God in other ways, but you may not necessarily be praying over your physical and vocational mm-hmm. until you had due introspection in that area. Do you believe that God wants you healthy? Then join me, Cersei Blue and Gigi Carter, on the Healthy for My Purpose podcast, where we help you realize the relationship between your health and your purpose. We share how eating like Daniel can revolutionize your life. Through discussions and interviews, we challenge you to discover the powerful connection between plant-based nutrition, your body, and your faith. It's time. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Healthy for My Purpose. I am so glad to be back here another week. Um, We have a wonderful, wonderful episode for you today. If you're someone who's ever wondered, what should I be doing with my life as it relates to your job, your vocation? Um, This episode is for you. We, Gigi and I, talk with Mark Common. And we really unpack the connection between um, exploring and advancing and choosing and everything around your vocation and how that is interconnected with your health, your faith, um, and just that whole interconnectivity. Um, And so this is a very stimulating, interesting um, conversation that I think will bless you um, because you're going to start seeing things that, wait a minute, I didn't know that this was all interconnected. And so we had a wonderful conversation and I think it will inspire you to look deeper into your vocation, into the job you're doing, into the ministry that you're doing. Um, but also it will still point you back to being healthy for your purpose and how you invite God into that journey. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Dr. Mark Common. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Healthy Habits, um, Healthy for My Purpose podcast. We have an amazing guest today, Dr. Mark Common, and we have a very intriguing topic today. Um, we're going to be talking about how does your faith impact the decisions you make around those big things like work and health um, and life in general. And Dr. Mark has a really um, interesting perspective, and he's going to give us some real good talk conversation. Great. Well, thank you for having me on the show. That's that's awesome, and I love the work that you uh, both do. So. Awesome. So let's dive in, Mark. Tell us a little bit. I, I know that you've kind of come to this conclusion that um, the decisions that we make, specifically even our vocation, can be heavily impacted by our faith. How did you kind of get to that point? What was the journey in your own life that kind of led you to even explore that and just kind of give us the foundation of where you're coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So Mm -hmm. I'm certainly, you know, coming from a, I guess you would say a lifelong, um, you know, Christian background, but Mm -hmm. at the same point in time, you know, I think there was just a period in my uh, life a couple years ago where, you know, I, I had a, I'm 50 years old and I have a two-year-old. 
uh, my first child. So that certainly changes priority. Uh, my wife and I couldn't have children before that, lost several. Um, and then we have this late life blessing. So that certainly influences priority. And I started really kind of realizing the fact that um, in my life, you know, you start taking a look at work and um, the corporate life and, you know, just the money and so forth and so on. But um, everything in my life was really at a position where I didn't feel like I had the time to spend with family mm. and I didn't have the energy in, in many ways for some of the things that I maybe I should have. Um, and I even realized that I just didn't like the person that I was becoming mm. uh, or where my priorities were. And I started actually also realizing the fact that, and this ties into a lot of the theme, uh, thematic things that you have for this show, but that mm -hmm. purpose, and I started really, you know, questioning whether or not, um, you know, one more uh, percent on a shareholder's value was really mm -hmm. where my purpose needed to be. Right. Um, so really started to focus on that. And what I've really come full circle on is, is you know, I've got a completely different health Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, some real changes this last year mm -hmm. um, and I'm in a different vocation. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a completely different life balance. And, you know, this summer, um, some of the same weeks when I would have been preparing annual plan and preparing mm -hmm. the shareholders meetings and et cetera, um, you know, I was out walking in the woods picking uh, huckleberries with my with my two year old. So that's pretty significant in its own right. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes when we have real big life changes like a, a child it could really kind of give us that insight to realize wait a minute something's off i need i need to make a change so let's delve a little bit deeper um tell us about the changes that you made with your health um one of the things that ggi gg and i um love to talk about when we do the daniel fast approach to healthy living is just the idea that um our faith is so important to be able to carry out a lot of the higher level decisions that we make in our lives, whether it's our vocation or, or spending time with our children and things like that. Tell us about the health piece of it for you. Yeah, well, certainly I'll make two, uh, make it into two components. First of all, mm -hmm. the motivation and second of all, the journey. Um, so in the motivation, you know, one of the things is I had just gone through a, a significant vocational um, change. And as I made that particular change, what I started to realize was the fact that you know, I carried over a lot of the health issues from maybe some of the previous stress um, regime and mm -hmm. so forth. And, you know, our, our body is, as the Bible says, it's a temple. And as mm -hmm. we, you know, I started to really realize the fact that, you know, I've made these missional adjustments, but I, I maybe just really don't have the energy to fulfill the mission that I want to uh, mm -hmm. do or to necessarily adjust with the priorities or even follow some of the passions that I might mm -hmm. have had. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, recognizing that and I had a couple, you know, situations going on that actually were scary um, to me in, a, in health. So that journey consisted of the fact, you know, I was taking two inhalers for asthma mm. uh, pills. I was working on, you know, taking um, anti basically GERD medication. I was I ended up in the hospital overnight uh, mm. with chest pains and they thought that it was a cardiac event. Turned out it was not. It was inflammation based uh, pleurisy, mm. lung lining. Um, and you just had a lot of, you know, situations where you were fighting uh, IBS and other mm. related things in your body and the inflammation. Um, and so we made the decision, you know, we 
they were getting ready to send me for a lot more testing and other things, trying to figure out what was driving it. And we just made the decision to, you know, use anti-inflammatory foods, whole foods, really centered foods, and to try to get exercise back in. Mm. Exercise is interesting in the respect that if you are physically having some issues, sometimes it's difficult to exercise, but you need the exercise to be back physically. So I love the fact that, you know, gateway uh, to exercise, yoga and walking. Um, And if you put those two things in into your uh, regime as gateways, you know, the next thing I know, the walking was farther and then it was faster. And uh, before too long, I was back on my road bike and just Mm. um, and back walking the the golf course. And, you know, so some things really kind of came back into my life. Mm. Um, And, you know, 80 pounds uh, later, a bunch of just changes in my life. So. I started this journey in uh, the health journey in January of uh, this year Mm, and from mid January to mid May, I lost 80 pounds. Um, And by, you know, I went from really not being able to do too much exercise based, you know, getting winded on a, on a flight of stairs. Um, I'm on zero medications. Um, I take nothing. I haven't actually since May and, you know, I'm back on, I'm not to Gigi's level, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I still get, I think, uh, you know, this summer I took a couple 40 mile bike rides and so oh, wow. mm-hmm. my mileage back under my belt. So, um, definitely some, some nice progress there. Nice. And so once you kind of got back to that healthy, how did that spill over to the vocation, to your family life and just to your personal, um, journey? Yeah, so I believe, you know, that a centered person really is, mm-hmm. is, first of all, it's spiritual, it's physical, it's emotional, and it's also vocational. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if you take a look back at your older vacation, at my, my past vocation, and I knew Gigi back when we were both uh, in corporate and, you know, both before we ever started any of these journeys. Um, but, you know, in those particular cases, I think, you know, we... Um, often carry either stress-related eating or, you know, we're, we carry out the social eating with mm-hmm. the, the meals after business meetings mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, and, you know, you're waiting for two hours between flights in an airport. And so mm-hmm. where do you spend your time? Um, and that is typically in, you know, in eating or drinking in, in some way between those flights. And mm-hmm. I think just the, the overall habits that we develop and the overall, um, you know, just just bad habits we, we do, uh, do certainly spill over. So vocation definitely has an influence. Um, and in my line of work, it, you know, my university, they actually were, were a faith-based university. And we actually talk about how faith informs your discipline mm-hmm. and your discipline informs your faith. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people maybe don't understand that concept, but it is so true. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, certainly as we understand our faith and we live that out. So I live that out now into my education. I live that out into my discipline of business mm-hmm. and management. And I see how faith influences that. But in turn, I can look back and see both positive and negatively how there can be a lot of vocational influence back into, into the other. And then the health, the really the kind of the same thing. I mean, if you are, um, you know, if you're, I guess you would say full of um, you know, chemical based situations and foods mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you don't feel well um you know that depression can carry over and you begin mm-hmm. to doubt a lot of things and you just really maybe don't have some of the you know um i guess you would say 
dependency. And the other piece I would say is, is through all of that, though, um, you know, as you make that calibration, I actually, you know, have kind of this model I use of mm -hmm. purpose, passion, priorities, person, uh, prayer, praise, and um, so forth. But in that whole model, mm -hmm. I don't put prayer first. Mm -hmm. And that's, and people wonder why. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is, is until you begin the journey of introspection and really realize that you have an issue, mm -hmm. you're, you're not in a position where you've invited, you may, maybe you pray and maybe you have a, a relationship with God in other ways, but you may not necessarily be praying over your physical and vocational mm -hmm. until you've had due introspection in that area. Um, so it, it's great to basically say, it sh you know, I mean, con conceptually, it should be first but it doesn't necessarily come about that way. So we have to have that, first of all, those awakenings and that introspection to start. Um, and then once we do, then we can, you know, we bring, uh, I would say, prayer into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very intriguing. Let's talk a little bit about that more because, but even when it comes to our vocation or our health, um, sometimes people don't even see it as a place to pray. Um, and like you said, without that introspection, you may not even think there's an issue there. You might be praying for things that are obviously a deficit in your life. You know, there might be a crisis or something like that. But oftentimes, unless we really process um, the fact that there's this urgent need, you know, how do we really bring intentional prayer? Because I think there's a general prayer that everyone does, you know, pray for my job, pray for my health. And it's more general, but that, that intimate intentional prayer, I think is what you're, you're kind of talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, taking that one step further, I, you notice I keep using the word vocation. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't use the word career. Right. And, you know, because I look at it like this, I mean, I, you start a job, you need a job. And so you, you, uh, you know, start, trying to make a gainful employment and another opportunity comes up um, where maybe you have an opportunity to promote. And so you realize, well, I can make more money. And so you promote, and then you see another opportunity and you do it again. And somebody looks in and says, wow, you have a great career. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes where prayer maybe comes in is, is where they feel like, well, is my job in jeopardy mm -hmm. or is there something going on? And it's a monetary, uh, you know, or financial basically concern. Mm -hmm. um, but where that, where I talk about this introspection coming in is, is where we actually look at the word vocation, vocare to call mm -hmm. um, or a calling. And we actually say, you know, am I doing what I should be doing? Am I, Am I living out my full potential and am I, you know, really the in the uh, meaningful co contribution that I could be? And as you really start to pray around that and the same thing goes then for our health is the fact of, you know, we start maybe we do uh, invoke prayer when we start having physical Crisis. issues. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very common. You know, you mm -hmm. start to have a physical issue and the first thing you do is, is invite not only yourself, but your prayer network mm -hmm. to support you through that process. But how many of us actually engage in, you know, maybe prayer in how we can um, how we can live out our life and, you know, just maybe supporting the the everyday habits that, that keep us healthy. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. Um, and to kind of pivot a little bit, um, you talk a lot about vocation and calling and purpose. Um, sometimes when we get clarity physically, emotionally, spiritually, it spills into how we actually 
um, decide our vocation and, and the purpose comes in a different way because I think a lot of times in uh, Gigi and I could attest to this that our purpose came after we got healthy because of the fact that we were able to have that clarity of mind clarity of of spirit and so it opened a door to be able to see our vocation in another way um and sometimes what we don't realize is that sometimes when we're not healthy we're not feeling our best it's hard to tap into the calling it's hard to tap into seeing the vision that god has for you vocationally because you're so you're, you're in a mental fog and you're not on your game and sometimes when you relieve that now it opens up something where you're like you know what i never saw this before let me pursue a calling differently, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I just want to add, I, I, that's exactly kind of what happened with me. I, I, I kind of knew uh, probably like maybe three or four years before I left my corporate career that I was going to be leaving my corporate career, but I didn't know what I was going into. And it wasn't until I really took control of my health that um, I achieved that mental and spiritual clarity. And I felt more of an open connection with God in terms of figuring out, okay, what's next. And mm -hmm. even then when I kind of knew what I was going to do, it was, it was hard because it was scary, you know, mm -hmm. cause I spent, you know, 22 years, you know, working my way up the ladder and moving around the country to take, you know, the next promotion, the next position. And um, it was really hard, even though I kind of knew what I needed to do. And then I can remember one night, you know, I was doing a lot of prayer, like constant prayer. And then I remember going into my exercise room and just kind of meditating, just kind of quieting my mind and just, you know, listening to God's voice. And it was like, he was just saying, it's going to be okay. Just do it. You know, just, it, it was like their reassurance feeling, even though it was super scary yeah. to walk away, you know, from a six figure job, you know, mm -hmm. all this, all these little perks and stuff to basically making like no money at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I did it. And um, I'm so grateful that I did listen to right. um, that voice, but I wouldn't have heard it had I not gotten healthy first. Yeah, I think mine was, I would say, more of a three-step process. So the first step was the fact that I started to have some introspection and recognition of the fact that I needed to do something about my health. Um, mm -hmm. And that was emotional, spiritual, and physical. Mm -hmm. And recognizing the fact that my, my vocation was uh, adverse to that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I'm with you in the respect of, you know, that was a huge leap of faith because... Um, I took a third of my income and just, you know, just some significant adjustments. But I, you know, realized the fact that I want to be around for my two-year-old. I want to be engaged. Um, and I also want to be missional. And I just really didn't have the energy to uh, feel like I needed to pursue that. So I started making the, I had the recognition first. I made the vocation change so that, you know, I reduced that a little bit. And then something was still missing. Um, and what was, what was missing is, is, you know, I just, I realized, wow, I, I, am still don't have the energy and I'm still feeling very old. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, then, uh, tackling some of the, the health issues and, um, so forth and so on. Um, and you know, it's, it ends up really like, I think we talked about the fact that then, in, then you're able to actually have a centered person when you get all of those in line. I think 
you are both correct. I think that the, a lot of times the, the health can put clarity to the vocation. And I think in mine did, um, but mine was more a, a check or a recognition. Um, and so then, you know, I might've done those two slightly opposite, but at mm -hmm. the same point in time, it, there was still something missing until you, until you brought the other into, into play. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of people go through life and I think even as Christians, there's this idea that I have to find my purpose. And so Dr. Mark, tell us, how would you make that tangible for someone? Because I think a lot of times it could seem either way too mystical right? Or we can get lost because it doesn't feel big enough because it's just too practical, you know? So yeah. how do you find that sweet spot where you kind of think, God, you know, where do I start? Where do I start with knowing my purpose? Well, the first thing I want to do is I want to pay, I want to put something out there that I want to make sure that doesn't uh, make it anybody that might be listening feel mm -hmm. bad. Mm -hmm. I've actually had some times where we talk about these vocational choices and somebody who's 66 years old and has just decided to retire looks into this and say, I blew my chance. Mm -hmm. um, and so there, there can be this kind of retroactive introspect, introspection and uh, kind of regret. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, you know, our, our purpose is, and even maybe that vocational piece can be so much more. It can be relational. Mm -hmm. um, it can be an extension through volunteerism. It can be mm -hmm. a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the starting point where we make these calibrations, if you will, is now. Um, and it doesn't matter where you're at in mm -hmm. on that journey. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if it's something where it's nothing more than, you know, inviting people over for coffee and doing mm -hmm. something that you wish you would have done, mm -hmm. or whether it's truly around your gainful employment. So right. uh, first of all, let me let me just put that out there. So we have a starting point. Yeah. Um, the second thing of it is, is, you know, when we when we analyze purpose, it's what, you know, what do I really see myself doing that I should be doing as as well as what we you know, does God have for my life? Mm -hmm. And there's some clues. And one of the clues we look for is the first thing is, is something we call endowments. Mm. So what did God endow us with? And some people know those as gifts. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but there's another step. So as an example, if you realize, wow, you know, I have this musical aptitude. Mm -hmm. A musical aptitude doesn't mean you can be a musician the next day. Right. Um, so the you have to take the endowment or the gift that we've been given. And then we have to develop that into some type of a talent. Mm -hmm. um, and so that often there is a journey and that can be that work piece. So that's the music lessons, that's the practice using mm -hmm. this example. Um, and then realize that in devocation um, at some point in time as we actually employ it. Um, so that using that vocational piece, mm -hmm. giving that example, same thing with health. You know, all of a sudden we realize the fact of well, I see an ideal of what God mm -hmm. has for me. Mm -hmm. We're not an athlete the next day. Right. Um, so there has to be a, a, we have to put that into practice, but we can see some particular aptitude uh, or some endowment that God has, has given us. And mm -hmm. so I think that that's kind of one of the first things that, that I look at when it comes to that purpose is, you know, um, he's gifted us in different ways, but what, it, you know, what is that starting point for us? Yeah. And as I look at the, 
purpose, I, I line something, a couple of other things right with it. And that is passion and person. Mm. Another couple of P's. Um, the person is, is, you know, do we like who we're becoming? Mm-hmm. Um, and who do we want to be? And who do mm-hmm. we think God wants us to be? And that's mm-hmm. kind of that person. Um, and there's two pieces to the person that I see happen. One is a direct result. Um, and the other is kind of like coping mechanisms and, you know, reactionary. Um, so if we look and say, who have we become? Mm-hmm. Some of it is a direct influence of maybe our health or our vocation mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. else. And we can, we can, you know, look at working on changing that. Others is a lot of that maybe reactionary and coping mechanism. And that's, you know, that stress eating, the habits, maybe yeah. uh, picking up some uh, cynical, political, mm-hmm. other you know, yeah. behaviors. Um, so it can be a lot of different things that come out of that person. And then I like to also think about the passion. And so mm-hmm. the passion, uh, Gigi probably remembers this from corporate, but mm-hmm. in corporate, they use this example called the 80 20 rule. Mm-hmm. And so, or a Pareto principle. But, you know, if you take a look at something, the idea is, is where do I start? And so if you take the, uh, you know, 20% of the of the largest issues and you focus on it, 80% of your problem goes away. Mm. Kind of the idea. Um, and so it's this eight, uh, 20% input for an 80% output. Mm. And I liken that to passion. I think if we actually have do what really enjoy at least 20% of the time, I would posit that we're probably 80% satisfied. Mm. You know, if we can have one day out of five, mm-hmm. eight hours out of 40, that we really enjoy what we do thoroughly, Mm -hmm. um, we're probably pretty satisfied with our job or our vocation. Mm -hmm. Um, If we, on the other hand, you know, sometimes you have to look really hard and say, it's a long time since I remember something that I really enjoyed. And that's that's very unfortunate. So that Mm -hmm. that, if we take that passion and we take the person and we say, you know, what do we enjoy and who are we becoming? We tie that back into purpose. Same thing, I think, really bringing that back to the health aspect um it's really very you know very same thing from a passion standpoint mm-hmm. there are things everybody enjoys doing mm-hmm. it might be a walk on the beach it might mm-hmm. be something else and yeah. you know if you're if you're not getting to do that very often or you don't physically feel like you can do those things mm-hmm. um you know then what adjustments do we need to make in life to the point where we can do enough of those to the point where we feel active and healthy yeah good i think it's really interesting because i think a lot of times i'm glad you kind of made it so practical because a lot of times when we think of purpose especially when you think okay this is a purpose given by god let's even make it even bigger than that a lot of times people think it's just going to unfold on its own Mm. and so what you kind of unfolded here is that even though it's a gifting of god and even though it's maybe a purpose of god there's still this active responsibility on our side to either nurture it, to Mm -hmm. seek it, to sustain it. Um, And so there's this idea that purpose is given, but there's this other part from our side that we kind of have to cultivate it. And I'm glad you said that because um, people sometimes never find their purpose because they never make it practical. It's always like they're looking for this thing and it's in so many things. And like you said, purpose is now. It's always here. It's always present. It never ends. And so you never can miss a purpose because purpose lives with you always. Right. And so in my in my own same kind of model and way mm-hmm. of thinking, another thing that happens begins with P. I have seven of them. 
um, yeah. is the uh, preparation. Um, and I think that that's both future tense and past tense. Mm -hmm. um, so as an example, in my own purpose, one of the things I, I looked at was preparation. And I realized, you know, I went back and earned, you know, earned advanced degrees and, and a doctorate for some reason. Um, so there was some preparation occurring in my life. You know, I've got all this corporate management experience. I've traveled mm -hmm. the world and mm -hmm. so forth and so on. Now taking that I use that every day in the classroom now, but un, mm -hmm. you know, kind of unbeknownst to me, I, I think a lot of that stuff was was preparation. But in uh, as an example on my health, mm -hmm. um, then it was more future tense. You know, as I looked into the purpose and realized who I could or would be, um, then I had to put some preparation into into action yeah. um, in in a future tense. So it can be both past and future tense, but it can also fall into that purpose if you're looking and saying, you know, what is my purpose? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can look and say, you know, I mean, even Moses, as he looked back on his mm -hmm. life, he had all these things that were leading him up to the yeah. particular position where he was equipped to be the leader that he was, right. in spite of the fact he didn't even recognize it. And a lot of that's that, you know, kind of reflective of what, what have we been, what have all the steps already occurred that have prepared yeah. us for this moment? Yeah. So it's almost like connecting the dots of our past because there is a there are dots right and it's just for us to be able to connect those dots and realize wait a minute i'm more prepared than i actually thought mm -hmm. there was there was a guidance there that we were not knowing in the moment right yeah exactly and mm -hmm. i think you know in both health and vocation and and some other areas of our life i mm -hmm. think you know sometimes the simple answer is the right answer um mm -hmm. you know simple food is often delicious it's the mm -hmm. right answer mm -hmm. you know we don't mm -hmm. have to necessarily make it processed and complicated mm -hmm. and those mm -hmm. kinds of things mm -hmm. and that extends into vocation as as well is as we we process and we make it complicated and everything else and sometimes you know um, there's a very simple answer um you know and i think Gigi said it well when we get those moments of clarity and sit mm -hmm. back and we realize it's going to be okay and we just mm -hmm. You know, we we realize what are my basic, what is my basic situation and need, and what is some basic situations that are already aligning, and just and, and just let things happen. And um, you know, but my my one other P, of course, is praise and realizing mm -hmm. that you know God has given the increase, God has given mm -hmm. the the gifts, the enabler, and just um, recognizing where all things can come from. Um, and when you put that into into context with with prayer, it's really pretty simple. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about God gives the increase because I think something about that is empowering in the sense that it doesn't matter, we're putting in the work, the labor, but the true increase comes from God. And that's kind of like an insurance for us because it's like we have, we have somebody who's underwriting everything that we're doing. And so that gives us a sense of confidence to say, you know what? I can walk this thing through because at the end of the day, it's not so much everything that I'm putting into place, but ultimately God doing the increase. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, I, I think that if we just think about our, our bodies and our health for a moment in that respect, I mean, you know, the Bible says we're fearfully, wonderfully made, mm -hmm. but you know, if you ever go for a complete like blood work panel, yeah. And you see like all of these different numbers and all these different ranges yeah. and everything else. Um, and, you know, it can be so concerning. Maybe we have high cholesterol or maybe mm -hmm. we have sugar that's out of whack or something like that, mm -hmm. you know, and our natural inclination is, is 
is to fix things. Um, And so, you know, obviously sometimes that's medication or that's something drastic or something quick. Um, But it's amazing how, you know, trusting the process Mm -hmm. and letting God have the increase, our Mm -hmm. original design. um, It's amazing how if we just, if we just do those right things and follow that simple, mm-hmm. very simply, um, you know, all of a sudden you come back and it's sort of like that, that resolve itself. And it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting. So, um, you know, obviously that's a same thing in vocation, you know, just sometimes those things that, um, you know, I think that was a, a message to, you know, a, a message that you see in different places through the Bible is, is God chose somebody and they were like, who me? Mm-hmm. You know, do I have that necessarily talent or, you can, yeah. or am I really well, I was thinking the wrong person? Um, in the job. Yeah. But, you know, it's just the, just the simple mm-hmm. things and the rest of it really is it within, within his design. So that takes a lot of pressure off of us feeling yeah. like we have to fix all of that. Yeah, that is so true. That is so true. That is so true. Any last comments, Gigi? I saw you. Yeah, I, I just want to dive in just for a moment here before we wrap up about <laughs> stress eating because we were probably stress eating in the same meetings when we were working together. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> what kind of? Um, how do? How were you personally able to move away from stress eating um, and you know just eating more intentionally and more healthfully? What? What kind of got you out of that habit? I think sometimes maybe trying to make a couple of those changes at the same time can be helpful. So, um, you know, I was making a, the okay, I was lowering my stress level of vocationally at the same time. Mm-hmm. But even in, I think even when you uh, don't have that luxury at that moment, um, I think sometimes it's a matter of two things. One is getting into a process of a, an adjusted lifestyle, not a diet. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no uh, situation where, you know, I, I hate when people use the term, well, you gave up red meat or you gave up this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a matter of necessarily giving something up. It's not a matter of a, you know, some journey that you're on. Um, it is really stepping into a completely new life and mm-hmm. embracing it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Go to your local farmer's market, explore what is really there, get a lot of the really interesting and fun things and learn some fun things to do. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you two interesting examples on that. One, mm-hmm. you know, I'm well into this journey. I, I'm just, you know, you're not necessarily thinking or tempted to do something different. Um, and you come home and it's sort of like, well, we made something that we think you can eat. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> There's, there's like a, say a peach cobbler, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they've made it and they've tried to use healthy ingredients mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, sweeteners that they, that, that won't spike your sugar or mm-hmm. whatever the particular case is. Short answer is give me the peach. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with it. I was happy with it before mm-hmm. and I continue to be happy with it. Yeah. If I start to basically try to substitute and bring the concepts of this original comfort or whatever that I'm no longer craving and you start mm-hmm. to put that in, all you do is you re-stimulate a lot of appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as soon as you re-stimulate that appetite, then you start to crave. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing was, you know, it was a fried chicken and, uh, you know, come home and you used to love fried chicken. And, you know, I went to hard work. We at least taste it. 
yeah you taste it and you sit down and you're watching you know you're watching a game that night or whatever and every commercial of junk food that comes on tv you suddenly have this weird craving that you didn't have before yeah Um, and so you know the reality of it is is you just just jump in and enjoy the the new life and the worst thing you can do is is try to be figuring out a a substitutionary meat a substitutionary Mm -hmm. sugar a substitutionary because if you're if that's the case, you've not really jumped into the new journey. Right. But when we got into the new journey, what I realized was the fact of, you know, how the local markets and so forth, how much wonderful actual fruit was there that I wasn't eating, just all these different things. So I still have comfort food. Right. It's just a completely different comfort food. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's one of the big things is they call it comfort food. And I'm not sure why they call it that because you feel terrible afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I think it's it's a matter of adjusting what actually brings you pleasure and and comfort. Um, yeah. And I, you don't feel like you're doing it without anything particularly. You just have a have a new have a new menu. Yeah, it's that that nothing tastes as good as I feel kind of thing. Exactly. When you get to that place, you know it because you see the things that you used to eat that you used to quote unquote crave, and you're just like, I can totally live without that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 I prefer to live without that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think the other thing on the stress, you know, eating and so forth and so on is, is, you know, coming back to that centered person, mm-hmm. um, you know, so engage your faith and, you know, engage that, you know, some other things. Um, exercise has amazing endorphins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly uh, prayer and reflection have amazing mm-hmm. things. Yoga mm-hmm. has significant uh, mm-hmm. benefit. As you think about through these things, um, there are other ways of, you know, I guess you would say dealing with that stress. And you, I, I think we actually become addicted and dependent on those instead. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Okay. So as we close out, um, Dr. Mark, did you want to leave any closing comments for someone who is at the reflective stage they know they need to make a change um and they're trying to figure out you know what how could i tap into my faith in terms of really getting a head start on making these changes what what would you tell that person yeah absolutely well i mean first of all don't take the journey alone i talk Mm -hmm. about prayer but that's not a solo activity Mm -hmm. so engage your prayer network and engage a support group that's really going to support you and not necessarily continually derail you in, in some things that you're going to do. Um, and then, you know, as you're, as you're working through that, you know, I think just understanding, um, you know, our body as a temple, Mm -hmm. our, our vocation as a, as more than just basically a means to a monetary end, but Mm -hmm. something that, you know, can be fulfilling. If we start putting those things in perspective, um, and we just continue to basically put that through a prayer process mm-hmm. um, and trust the process. I think a lot of it, you know, starts to have some clarity. With that said, you know, not too many people, I, th- I don't believe, are going to be called into a purpose. And I could make this statement and eat it in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, but called into a purpose where you're going to hate every minute of it. Um, you know, so I think, you know, finding some things that you enjoy and some passions and some things that, you know, have already basically started to transpire in your life in preparation and then really looking at your priorities. Um, you know, I, I honestly say that even in vocation, when I looked at priorities in person, I think, you know, some as much as 
I'm missionals a day and as much as I'm about people and as much as that has been part of who I want to be, um, you know, when you start to look in, you realize the fact of, well, that individual's sick. And the first thought is the production that they're not going to put out the next day mm. um, that, you know, there's, there's checks and balances that are immediately happening in your life. Mm. Um, so I think just putting, you know, putting all that into, um, into context and, continuing through a prayer and reflection process. I think it will come uh, very naturally for you. And then just, like I said, there is no, I'm going to make some temporary improvements in a diet or anything else. And mm-hmm. just realize the fact that I am actually going to do a, I'm actually going to take a different journey. I'm going to plan this trip and it's, it's a lifelong journey for me. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful way to close Dr. Mark. I love the fact that you said that whatever purpose God calls you to, whether it's your vocation or your health, that there will be some joy that comes from it. That's, an awesome, that's yes. an awesome way to end that. Thank you so much, Dr. Mark, for being here. It was a wonderful conversation. Well, thank you. It was great to be on, on, on your show and it was good to see uh, meet you, Cersei. It was good mm-hmm. to see you again, Gigi, in, uh, in a new context in mm-hmm. where we you know, aren't both going out afterwards for a stress eat. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us on the healthy for my purpose podcast we hope you enjoyed the community and are walking away empowered and encouraged to live your healthiest life for your god-ordained purpose you can connect with us on facebook and instagram to enjoy fellowship with like-minded women please don't forget to subscribe rate and review this on itunes until we meet again Keep honoring your body for your purpose.